Welcome to Multimedia Failure. Every other week we watch a movie based on a video game and then rank them against each other arbitrarily. I'm your host, Jason Ariola, and really lamenting the sometimes awkward nature of our timing on these uh, podcasts with me are... Vanessa Gale. And we also have a very special guest, the uh, foremost expert in Dragon Quest in my uh, circle of people on Twitter that I know. That is Alex Fraioli of uh, No More Whoppers and uh, multiple streaming things that I forget off the top of my head. Sorry, Alex. Hi. How's it going, man? Hi. Good. It's They're good games. <laughs> Go to that one. So he's trying to convince everyone. Yeah, out now on the Nintendo really Entertainment obscure, System. really obscure Dragon Quest games. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's heard of these things before. No. There's never been uh, some sort of rumor where people have to, uh, you know, like they can't sell them on certain days because of school things or because people are cutting school. <laughs> yeah. Totally did right. Yeah, exactly. So. All right. Uh, before we get started talking about what we're going to be talking about, and that is Dragon Quest Your Story, I guess we'll go with the usual thing. Guys, have any of you seen this prior to watching it for this podcast? Vanessa, we'll start with you. Definitely not. Okay. John, how about yourself? Uh, well, my story with Dragon Quest is that I've, n- I've actually never played a Dragon Quest game. Ever. Not what I asked you. Did I miss the question? Yes. <laughs> Part of being on a podcast is listening, John. <laughs> Repeat the question. Then. <laughs> Have you seen this movie prior to this? No. Okay. <laughs> and now that we got your story out of the way, Alex, how about you? How have you have you've seen this before, correct? I saw this in the theater on day one. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Alex. Wow. Very on brand, yeah. my friend. Very on brand. Uh, I, I've been living in Japan for the past 15 years, pretty much solely for the purpose of just being ready, just being here for when a Dragon Quest movie would come out. And it did. <laughs> Does that mean you're moving back now? Yeah, I'm wrapping up. I'm, oh. I'm closing the door. Everything's done. I, you know what? I just applied for permanent residency, but I'm going to call up immigration and be like, you know what? Forget it. I'm done. I, 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 got, I got what I needed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen this either. This is uh, one of those things where I was like, hey, we probably should just watch this when we get to it. And then I thought, you know rather than have Alex uh, sit there and lament uh, a few years down the road, like, no, I actually don't want to do this stupid podcast with you. It's like, no, let's kind of strike while the iron's a little hot here. And he'll actually do that because uh, this is, this movie came out in 2019, uh, July 16, 2019. So this is a uh, skipping ahead and this is breaking our normal rule, but also sort of going along with the rule that if I get a guest on that I really want on, then we will go ahead and break the uh, chronological rule there. <gasps> now, this is the most recent movie we have ever seen ever. Yeah. Yeah, because prior oh, wow. to this, it was Rampage for uh, with a comedian, podcaster, and uh, comic artist, Daniel Kaufman. Ooh. So that was a fun one. Okay, so let's go with uh, Dragon Quest. Uh, Vanessa, I, I assume you haven't played a Dragon Quest game. No, no, I did play a game at <gasps> one you? point. I okay. don't remember much about it. It was in the DS, on the DS. Uh-huh. When we worked at GameStop, I like checked it out. Was it That's Rocket Slime? It. Was it Rocket I Slime? Don't know. Maybe, it had to be Rocket maybe. Slime. I, I'm sure I convinced you to, into playing Rocket Slime. Or was it it might have been Rocket Slime. I don't know. It had slimes in it for sure. <laughs> well, that narrows it down to all of them. Did you confirm? <laughs> That's all I can tell you. But I have played a Dragon Quest game before. Okay, John, you haven't. Alex, um, have you played like every single Dragon Quest thing? Um, well, here's the thing. I love Dragon Quest, but I only love the mainline series. I don't play a whole lot of the offshoot spinoff games okay. like uh, like the Muso, the your, your DQ Heroes, DQ Blocko. I like DQ Blocko one. I, everyone's telling me to play two, but I like the games that are worked on by that core team. Okay. Well, <laughs> Sugiyama not working there anymore. Wait, wait, wait. What happened? What happened with Sugiyama? Why? Why? Why, why is he not? <laughs> oh, he he went on a trip. Oh, he's. 
he's busy. Is he, staying, he got busy. Is he, did he, did he go with our uncle's farm and stayed at their farmhouse? Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh. Listen, your father and I decided to move Sugi upstate. Um, uh. He's going to live on a farm. He's, he's going to be a sheep herder. <laughs> wow. Oh. So you got a full page article in the New York Times about it? Yes. <laughs> it's real weird. Uh, yeah. Well, um, hang on. Fun, fun offshoot. When I was a kid we and we moved, we couldn't take our dog. So my mom said she was giving him to a farm so they could train him to become a bomb-sniffing dog. Wow. <laughs> and then years later, I was like, oh, they just had the dog put down, didn't they? Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's devastating. But, no, but, then, but then years later, later, I brought that up to my mom, <laughs> and I said, you just had the dog put down, didn't you? And she said, no. In fact, we still have the papers. And she, she pulled out this paper that said uh. the dog was given over to be trained as a bomb sniffing dog. And I was like, yay. My dog, my dog's dead now, but wasn't dead at the time. <laughs> That story was an emotional roller coaster. Yes, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> wow. I can't believe the dog actually became a bomb sniffer. Well, we, yeah. I, guess we, I guess we don't know if he actually became a bomb sniffer. That's true. That's true. That's true. He could have flunked out. And, I want to yeah. believe. <laughs> bomb school dog dropout. <laughs> uh, so did you play uh, Rocket Slime? Yes. Okay. I loved it. Okay. Did you, by chance, play the uh, 3DS one? Because I am so mad that we didn't get that over here. No, I only play the uh, the one on the DS. Okay, yeah, that's kind of the only one I play too. Okay, so I'm going to tell you that um, I'm sure a bunch of No More Woe people. Um, I, I don't think I, did I mention at the top that uh, your podcast is No More Whoppers, like one of the I want to say longest running podcasts that I've uh, continued to listen to throughout all the years. But mm. uh, you you kind of coined or you coined the term Dragon Quest Blocko, right? Um, yeah, because uh, yeah. we were talking about Dragon Quest Builders, and I couldn't pull the name, and that's when my brain spat out. <laughs> that's right, that's right. I have, uh, I think I told you this, everyone in my household calls it Dragon Quest Blocko. Nobody calls it Builders, yes. so both of my <laughs> children call it Blocko. It's like, and my daughter's favorite game now is Dragon Quest Blocko 2. Yay! She, uh, so I, I would say she uh, she would highly recommend that you play the second one. It. She said it's vastly improved, and it, okay. it's, uh, it's a lot... It's a lot more fun. It's not quite as meandering with some of the stuff, and you don't have to start all over every single stage there. So yeah, that was my biggest complaint about one is that I spent so much time perfecting this little town in chapter one, and then chapter two is like, all right, now you start from zero again. I'm like, wait, what? I made a town though. Yeah, uh, I lied. I forgot. I have played Dragon Quest Blocko before, and I had the same exact experience where you yeah. go to the swamp after you do all the stuff in the in the first area, and you're like, why am I? no? <laughs> and then everything's poisonous too. You're like, get the, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Exactly. I had a, a very weird experience playing Blocko for the most part through uh, while my mom was uh, having uh, surgery on her uh, cancer and her breast there. So, Whoa. yeah, I was I was in the hospital waiting room just playing Blocko for like hours on it. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Weird, uh, w- weird, weird memory there. But yeah. So, uh, Alex, when did you first play like Dragon Quest? Like, was it Dragon Warrior on the NES? Yeah, Dragon Warrior 1 on the NES, probably in 89 or 90. We, d- we didn't have an NES, like, right when they were new, but... Uh, yeah, same here. My brother was in... I think I was, like, seven, but my brother was in high school. My brother's best friend went on vacation, and he let my brother borrow his NES, including, like, 20 games. So, like, all at once on the same day, we got Dragon Warrior, Mega Man, Ninja Gaiden, Castlevania, Mario. And it was, it was so much, but I, I instantly gravitated towards Dragon Warrior because I liked action games I, I like a mega man i like a metroid mm-hmm. but uh you know i also like to be able to take things slow that's kind of when i discovered rpgs and hey i don't have to have fast reflexes i can i can do smarts with numbers and it's more my speed <laughs> that's fun 
Yeah, I went over to a friend's house, uh, and I remember staying up till like three o'clock in the morning when I was like eight or nine years old at his place wow. playing uh, playing a bunch of like I would say like oddities that I had never seen anybody else had at that point. Like it was like Goonies two, Dragon Warrior, um, God, maybe even like the first Power Blade or something like that. Like it was just a bunch of like games. I was like, what? The? I've never heard of these things. I've never seen any of these before. I went to like a daycare thing during the day while my uh, parents worked and everything after school and. Um, you know, they had a lot of the usuals, but like I went over to my friend Bobby's house who lived pretty close and he's the one who had this stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, this stuff. Is... I remember like almost like bashing my head up against the wall trying to figure out what the hell Dragon Warrior was because he didn't have the manual for it. And I was just like, what am I doing with this thing? <laughs> I don't understand it. This is, that was literally the first RPG I ever played. and I had no clue what the hell I was doing, but it kind of stuck with me. And eventually, like I ended up. God, I think a few years down the road, I ended up talking to my grandma to buying like the second one for me and ended up playing through that one after more bashing my head up against the wall trying to figure out what the hell to do but yeah yeah they uh playing the first one without that guide is is kind of rough because the um so outside of japan we had no idea what the fucking rpg was so <laughs> nintendo had to first of all nintendo of america was taking a risk even um publishing that game in america because everyone was just accustomed to the marios i know how to play a mario or a donkey kong but suddenly you've got oh what's this numbers thing and they, they, but it was such a big hit in Japan. They, they took the risk and they published it in North America. But just to make sure that we all knew how to play it, they included a complete strategy guide with the game. So if you were, if you were playing it without that, uh, it probably would have been a little rough. Uh, yeah. I didn't even get an instruction manual. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a little rough there. So, and also, um, that was, didn't they pretty it up for the uh, U.S. release because it was a few years old by the time we got it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah, okay. they um, yeah, the original Japanese version. Your dude only has one front-facing sprite, even if you're moving up, down, left, or right, <laughs> which looks really goofy. Yeah, I kind of want to. I kind of want to actually try that version. I've never played that, just to see it. Just you know, I'm sure I'd get a little tired of it, and the uh, novelty of it wear off within about three three seconds or so. But yeah, you know, kind of want to see the sprite anyway. Curiosity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and I've been playing Dragon Quest ever since, and um, actually, like, a few years after I, I fell off video games for a couple of years, I think, as everybody does in their, you know, semi early 20s oh, or yeah. so, Dragon Quest Eight is actually what kind of got me back into video games. My friend bought it for me for Christmas, and I played it, and, uh, like, 140 hours later, I finished it. I was like, wow, that was, this was amazing. I love this game. Yeah, Eight, eight was the, the, the revival of the game in the West, because, um, like, Dragon Warriors 1, 2, 3, and 4 came out in North America, and the... I think, I believe, I want to say the sales of each game were half of the previous game. Oh, boy. And they even sent out uh, the first one as a pack-in for, or not a pack-in, but as a bonus for subscribing to Nintendo Power, too, didn't they? That's right. <laughs> yeah. They were giving it away. Um, <laughs> but by the time Dragon Warrior 4 came out, interest in the series had kind of waned, so they didn't even bother translating 5 and 6. But then they came back for 7. I think 7 was the last thing that Enix of America did Dragon Quest wise before the Square Enix merger. I think you're right. In 2002 or one, two, one around there. But then, yeah, when DQ8 happened, I think Japan loved the hell out of it because, of course, it was a really good one. And I think Square Enix kind of took notice and was like, yeah, let's, you know what? Let's bring it back. Quests are back, baby. Look at this one. <laughs> it looks great. We're going to give it a whole new localization. They changed uh, all the spell names and everything. And it's just, it's really good. It's one of the best. Yeah, and you're no longer a warrior. You're on a quest. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this probably 
requires some explanation. The games are called Dragon Quest in Japan, but I believe it was TSR who had the like the t- the tabletop gaming company who had the copyright on the name Dragon Quest in the West since the 80s. But I think the the trademark lapsed in the early 2000s, and Square Enix just snatched it up. Yoink! It's ours now. Yeah, yeah. Like, sorry, we're and not, it's been we're not bothering in with the this. West ever since. Yes. So, yeah, that's uh, that's sort of a nice little history, I guess, of Dragon Quest. Uh, Vanessa, do you have any other questions about Dragon Quest you want to throw at us before we get started about this movie here? Oh, oh the so movie. many questions. My first question is, are there like a million of these games? Is it like kind of Legend of Zelda where they use the same characters? Or is this did this movie combine like six of the games? And that's why it was such a multi-generational tale. How, how do these games work? I know it's like, I know it's a quest and it's an RPG, but like... Do they how, like how do these how, how do all these games relate to each other? Well, this one is specifically based on five. Yes, this is just one game. Yeah, yes. Okay. Um, so the the way they're structured is one through three are a trilogy, and then four, five, and six are a, a trilogy, a little bit a, a bit looser, but also mm-hmm. a trilogy. And then from seven on, they're all self contained. But the thing about DQ five is its place in this trilogy is not really that important to understanding this movie. Like the movie is, I think, intended, and the game is intended to stand alone. Like it's, it's, yeah. the, you know, yeah, this multi generational story. The only through line in terms of the trilogy is the Zenithian equipment and this castle and this dragon, and it's, it's, it's a very loose kind of mythology that those three games adhere to. But it's, it's not crucial to understanding the game or the movie. Yeah, I think having more familiarity with the fifth game, even if you haven't played it all the way through, like maybe even just like, I think Jeremy Parrish did a pretty good write up about it. Like, ooh, God, it has to be like 13 years ago at this point, maybe oh. for the DS version. I, it's weird to think about that. Cause that was like 2009. I think that came out, but um, yeah, like that was what got me to play dragon quest five. I read that and I was like, yeah, I had it spoiled for me ultimately, but it's just like, Oh, holy shit. This is, this sounds amazing. And yeah, this, this game has a lot of emotional gut punches. Yeah, it really does. That I don't think play out very well in the movie itself. Um, no, they really don't. No. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. Some of, some of them are a little comical, actually. But I can't wait to hear about these things also. <laughs> oh, um, and so is there always a dragon in the quest? There, typically, yes. Maybe not uh, directly relating to the story, but you'll see them. There's, uh, you know, in, in the same way that Final Fantasy has chocobos and moogles, Dragon Quest is always going to have slimes and dragons and big bricky golems and, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the, the same trappings in each game. Okay, interesting. The uh, the big okay. difference. Uh, the, I'd say the big difference between Dragon Quest and something like Final Fantasy is that Final Fantasy is very much focused on like teen melodrama, which is kind of mm-hmm. not my deal. Yeah, me Dra- Dragon Quest. I think I want to say it was Tim Rogers who described it like this. I think he. Um, I think it was a Dragon Quest video. Tim Rogers said Final Fantasy is like, hey, what if Shiva was a motorcycle? And Dragon Quest is like, hey, what if fairy tales were really good? <laughs> and that's what it is. It's just really simple, solid, basic storytelling. The strength of every Dragon Quest game is not the overarching plot. The last villain, I think, is almost intentionally supposed to just be a big bad throwaway monstrosity. It's just, I'm big bad monster, I'm going to cover the world in darkness, etc. Like, the real strength of these games is all the the literal quests that you do along the way. All these little vignettes, all these little scenes, all these little villages that you're helping mm-hmm. along the way. It was literally the friends you made along the way. Okay. Aww, that's it's adorable. I love that. Yeah, they're great. And they really they're hammer really that down with the Dragon Quest Seven. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. god. Yeah. <laughs> too much. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna um, say so, somewhere. Somewhere somebody's still trying to play through that game. Yeah. But like Dragon Quest, sort of. I don't want to say takes it back because it never stopped doing it. If you like just very solid basic storytelling uh, and fairy tales, it's 
I cannot recommend it more highly enough. The movie Shore tried, I guess, <laughs> to approximate that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's pretty much everything we've seen is been a, at best uh, an approximation of some of these things where, like, you know, Dragon Quest, it's a, you know, like, I think Dragon Quest V is like a 45 hour game or so. Trying to get that down into like an hour and a half on top of the uh, big twist at the end there. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about yeah. that. So, but yeah. So, anyway. Um, Go okay. Ahead, and, and last question. Um, yes. Like, which is the game to start with? Like, if I was going to pick up a Dragon Quest game, which one, which one <laughs> is like the best approachable for a newbie? And then also, like, maybe your favorite. They could be the same one. They could be not the same one. Give me your recommendations. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I have two answers. I guess it, it depends on if you if you like games that are character driven or kind of story driven, because I would say like if you like character stuff, I think four, five and six, like that whole trilogy is super strong. But my, my personal favorite is probably three, just because, like I said before, one, two and three are their own trilogy. And they do narrative stuff that as a kid, I didn't know that video games could do. That's mm. that's kind of why Dragon Quest became my favorite series. That's why I have a Dragon Quest tattoo. Uh, it's, it's kind of why I stick with the steer, the series, no matter what it's doing. Cause it just blew my mind as like a, when did Dragon Quest three come out? I was eight or nine. It was doing stuff with story that video games were not doing. It kind of, you know, it, it impressed me and it, it showed me that video games are not just a toy. They can do cool story stuff. And if you like cool story stuff, I think three is really strong. One, two, and three, you can, you can wipe out one in an afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Two takes a little longer. Three takes a little longer, but it's fun. But yeah, uh, for character stuff, four, five, and six are very strong. And then from there, if you play seven, do it on the 3DS because um, <laughs> the original version is is not great. It's hard. To, it's uh, definitely hard to play. I bounced off that very quickly. Yeah, it is. And then I, I would also rec- – God, I'm recommending all of them now. Don't play the- ten. You can't play ten. It's all in Japanese. <laughs> That's true. Well, you can. You can just now, learn Japanese. Now. It's uh, someday, right? Yeah, uh, we, I, I think we've been saying that for uh, you know the, yeah. like six years that that's but been out like now. Re- just like a reason uh, so you can keep ten years. Hope, you can hope Has all it been over ten it. years? No, sorry, nine years. Okay, okay. It was nine years uh, last month. So, is there going to be a revitalization of uh, ten in ten in ten years? No, in no. no. Okay, oh, I tried. They're calling it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a that was a very. Uh, a, it wasn't a brief podcast, but they were just a few minutes long. Alex did a few years or quite a few years ago now at this point, but there was 10 and 10 where he played Dragon Quest 10 for about 10 minutes and did the podcast about it. It's pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was a great idea. Then I, it, then I ran, ran out of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought responsibility will do that to you? Yeah. 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 So, all right, Vanessa, does that wrap up all your questions about Dragon Quest for the most part? Um, I'm going to have more about that after we get through the movie. But okay. I guess for now. Okay. You can play 11 on Game Pass. Nice. Right. That's yeah, good yeah. too. Yeah, that's also very long though. I should yeah. start with eleven though, right? Even if it's convenient, it's not the one to start with. It depends on how, like, if you're if you really like modern RPGs. I mean, DQ is never really modern, modern, <laughs> no, but like, no. you know, if you like, if you prefer something more retro, everything before seven, and if you like more modern stuff, I guess eight and up. Seven's just in this weird nether realm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seven's its own thing, totally. Seven is like the advanced course. Like, if you enjoy all the others, get Seven on the 3DS, but yeah. not before then. Would you, would you enjoy, then. <laughs> like, would you enjoy it as the advanced course, or is it like, it, this was fine? Oh, yeah. 
Okay. No, it's um, it is a very, very good game, yes. but it's a lot. It's like yeah. it's like it, okay, like when Joey Chestnut sits down to eat five hundred <laughs> hot dogs. Yeah, okay. Okay, I love he to us it looks it seems like this insurmountable task, but he knows what he's getting into and he loves it. Yep. That's how I feel about DQ seven. Yeah, that's that's a good analogy. Yeah, that's a that game's a lot. <laughs> I, I think I'm I think I'm still I like half at lunch yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like halfway through that thing, and I think I've been playing it off and on for like three years now. So, also, uh, Vanessa, unfortunately, the DS and 3DS entries are all pretty expensive now. I think the oh. cheap, I think the cheapest one is like eighty dollars, and that's not. Really? Oh god! Yeah, they they jumped they in not, price. They don't have uh, the wait. DQ Seven certainly has a downloadable version, right? They don't. I don't know. Honestly, I don't think it does. Oh, what? Yeah, because I know eight. Like I randomly, I was when I was selling off a bunch of my video games. I was like looking at my Dragon Quest games, like I no, I can't sell these. I don't want to sell these. And um, I looked and like Dragon Quest Eight was going for like ninety dollars or something stupid. What? Yeah, I'm yeah. never gonna play these games. Yeah, but so start with Eleven then, or get an emulator and just go with. So that's, that's, that's kind of why I said Eleven's on Game Pass because uh, the other ones are a little trickier to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've almost, I've almost played Eleven a few times. I've thought about it. I started it on the Switch, and now I'm gonna play it on the Xbox. I think just for the achievement points. So kind of yeah. yeah yeah just yeah um trivializing the games i love uh yeah that's that's what i'm all about baby it's <laughs> so, what we do watch those numbers go up you yep know? yep yep <laughs> that's, that's what it's all about yeah yeah that retro achievements thing you got me started on alex uh yeah that sort of just I was like oh this is cool it's a good way to trivialize all the games i love right on yeah, yeah. Well, i'm losing patience with that but that's neither here nor there <laughs> yeah yeah we'll we'll move on from that so all right <laughs> if uh if we're ready shall we get on with the talk about the actual movie here yeah, that's fine. Let's, let's, uh, let's do it. Okay. So we all watched the dub version. Alex, you've previously seen the Japanese version, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, this was a yeah. big Netflix thing. Uh, once it came out here, Netflix was all about, like, you know, how proud they were that they localized it and did a dub and everything. And uh, before we get started on it too much, I want to say, like, I think the dub was actually pretty good, all things considered. Yeah, it was fine, but it, it was... To me, it was very weird hearing an anime-quality dub on a CG movie. Because yeah. typically, typically with anime stuff, it's like a, a dubs are fine just because you're, you know, you're moving mouth flaps. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot more to it than that. But with mm -hmm. the something that like this, you've got a, a lot more defined and detailed mouth movements and stuff is very obviously not lining up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which kind of has its own charm, I guess. Yeah, that was it could be a little a little distracting, even though I've watched plenty of dubbed things in my life, uh, like live action stuff. But the the actual writing seemed well localized, good. They they Englished up that stuff pretty well, I think. Yeah. And the voice the voice acting was pretty good too, I, I guess. Yeah, a lot of the that uh, awkward anime style, like lines spoken very quickly because I have to cram it into a into a small amount of space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one yeah. of my favorites. Well, Luca actually was um, Yuri. I forget the guy's like full name, but it's the guy that voices Spider-Man in the Spider-Man game. Yuri Lowenthal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, that's who that was. So I was like, oh, oh, because I, I throughout the whole thing, I was like, I know this voice from somewhere. I, I spent a lot of time at some point hearing this voice, and when I looked it up, I was like, yep, that's where it is from. Thank you. 
let's go ahead and let's get on with this movie here itself. So it starts off a little strangely, I would say, with uh, the like kind of uh, Super Famicom footage of um, this version of the game, where Luca's being born. That's not his canon name, by the way. Does Alex does he have a canon name, or is it just nothing? Uh, I, you know what? The the movie had me convinced that maybe his canon name was Luca, but I don't know. I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think because uh, Dragon Quest games don't typically have canonical names for the hero. In fact, if you, if you look in the manuals for all these games, every protagonist is just named whatever that installment is. So, like, if you were to look at the manual for this, the guy's right. name would be Fibu. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's again, that is one of the things I love about Dragon Quest is just how stupidly charming it is. Yeah. So we all watch the same version, but was any of the text, were any of the Japanese text boxes subtitled? for you guys because i did not have any oh okay okay uh, yeah yes. they were for us yeah, yeah they, they were, were. Yeah, okay. they were they were yeah okay because i okay i thought i, <laughs> I thought i was going to bring some kind of perspective but you know <laughs> that, honestly we wouldn't have we, i don't think i learned that much from from that from this little intro, Every, everything <laughs> in the movie happens so fast it's really hard to take in yeah. a lot of stuff yeah. especially if you have no basis for dragon quest 5 yeah I had to do some like like points in the movie would happen where it's like oh they know each other and I'd be like maybe that was in the opening and I wasn't paying attention and I'd go back and watch the opening and go nope nope <laughs> I, I rewatched the opening and they do um, after the end because I was curious if the ending is teased any more than it is than I thought and it's not but I did rewatch the beginning and they do technically introduce every character in the begin in the very beginning For like very one very second, briefly yeah. yes <laughs> yes yeah. so. I, I think the unfortunate truth about this movie is that it's it's really intended for people who have played Dragon Quest V, and you already have like you already know who these characters mm-hmm. are going in. So you you already have like a frame of reference for everything, because there's a lot of like yeah, the hero and Bianca were friends since childhood, and there's like so many cute scenes in the game where they meet as kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, hero and his dad show up in this town, and Bianca's in that town, and. You're the here. You're five, and she's six, and she's like, "I'm older than you, so I'm gonna read to you from this book." And she opens up the book, and she can't read because the words are too hard, and it's adorable. And she's like, "Oh, this is a boring book anyway." And she puts it back on the shelf. Yeah. We, we don't get any of that in this movie because it assumes you've played the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really cuts to the uh, let's say bare minimum uh, telling of the story, which is pretty unfortunate yeah. because I, I'm not showing my hand a little bit here, but I'm kind of still convinced like Dragon Quest V, like as far as like video game storytelling goes, is probably one of the most impactful that I've played considering yeah. the format it's on. Like for a, you know, Super Famicom RPG, it's like, holy shit, the, the shit this thing does as far as like emotional gut punches is really, really smart. There's, a, there's um yeah, Dragon Quest is very good at this thing that uh, Earthbound was also very good at, which is being generally very lighthearted so that all of the all of the heavy shit catches you very off guard, and it, it just kind of is more impactful because of it. Yeah, and it's great. I love that. I will say that putting piecing together what the plot of the game would be through watching this, I was I actually was very interested in playing this game because I did like the ideas and mm-hmm. the main the general plot. I guess it's just the movie itself is so scattershot mm-hmm. that it's hard to really enjoy it that way, like you guys were saying. But I do think this the actual story that they're taking from seems like it'd be really, really good, especially with the whole passage of time that they go through. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that that 
like it said, the movie just doesn't quite capture just because of that. So quick question on that sure. note, though. So in the game, mm-hmm. so do you play like literally three generations of characters? You play as Luca, yeah. as Luca, basically through the whole thing, just the from, whole time. So yep. you ever play as his son or as nope. the dad? He's there. Okay. They're, they they tag along with you like your dad is a party member of yours, but you are literally just sort of in the back row and your dad is just slaughtering everything for you because you're a child, okay, okay. you're a five year old. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense because like, I thought it was gonna be really. I just couldn't picture how the game was gonna work if you were like, you know, like you pass the torch on to yourself basically as a new character every like three three levels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that's one of the things I really like about Dragon Quest V is that, you know, it is your story and you're not the hero of this story. You find out, you know, like three quarters yeah. the way through the game that you're not the legendary hero, but you are still their protector at this point. Like they're a child and, you know, yes, their abilities are amazing for being a child, but, you know, they're still a child and you are there. And it's not the greatest party combination, but having you and well, your two children, um, that's something they cut out from this. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and whoever you chose as your wife and your two children as your party, I think that's really like a cool thing of like getting to the end and just being like, okay, this family is going to take you down after everything you've done to us. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. So like I said, there's, there's a lot of impactful stuff that just doesn't translate well to this movie because it's hard to convey a 40 something hour plot into a hour and a half hour and 40 minutes. I took some notes and I wanted to keep track of everything that was cut for time because you, yeah, you can't fit like a 30, 40 hour RPG into 90 minutes. Was kind of disappointed they cut out the twin daughter as well because you're supposed to have two kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, we just cut out a kid. Of course, it was the girl. Yeah, yeah, go. she's uh, she, okay. she's off camera smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, she's in Sancho's backpack. Yeah, oh, that'd be adorable. <laughs> um, I like I, I noticed that they also cut out the whole uh, Maria subplot when you're escaping from slavery. <laughs> right okay. yeah yeah you're because you, you you meet this girl and her brother is a guard and he helps you escape but but here it's like hey if you want to leave just cover yourself in shit and hide in a barrel okay yeah yeah <laughs> can do uh, that i guess yeah okay so i mean we've sort of like touched on a lot of the beginning stuff here so it, it does go through very quickly the childhood of luca the main character and you get a little bit of a sense of like how strong his father, who's a, I'm very saddened that they changed his name from Papa to or Papas to Pancras. Yes, Pancreas. Pancreas? No, it's the no. Was that a joke? Uh, sort of. Yeah. It, I, well, a, a lot, okay. lot of it. So yeah, s- starting like starting from DQ eight, they've really done a lot more with the Dragon Quest localizations. Mm-hmm. And they've tried to model every kingdom after a real-world country, and I think Gotha, or whatever it's supposed, to, whatever it's called in DQ Five and Pancras, I think those are supposed to represent a country mm-hmm. where Pancras is a name or a word that has meaning. I don't know offhand what it means, but it's it's def- it definitely has a meaning. I'm sure it's yeah. I'm sure there's something there because if not an actual like tie to the real world, it's a pun of some sort. I don't know. And then um, there's also Coburg, which is a real place. So, oh yeah, yeah, Coburg. Uh, it, stupid. I was I watched this uh, PBS show. Her husband is from Coburg, so it's like, oh, this is a real world place. Okay, that's what yeah. I couldn't. It took me a minute for the life of me. I was like, where have I heard Coburg from? And I'm like, where drilling in my head. I'm like, oh, that's right. The literal king of England was from Coburg. Okay, I get it now. So yeah. So I don't know if there was some sort of thing because it. Yeah, we. 
it touches on the real world a little bit here and there as far as like references go, but nothing too crazy sometimes, except that one was not obvious, but yeah, little, little on the nose. So anyway, uh, yeah. So we see how, how strong his father is, who again, uh, in the game is named Papa's, which, um, is, you know, when you realize what his mother's name is, you're like, Oh, okay. But also that's Spanish for potatoes. So (laughs) doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really fly. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So he's, uh, he's, we see that through the whole thing. Like he's fighting and he's just wiping the floor with everything. And then they go to this kingdom. They meet Prince Harry, this like green haired, little kind of shit prince. Who's a jackass. And, uh, this is where we meet the villain Bishop Laja and Laja grabs Prince Harry and kidnaps him. They go to save him. And Pankras like kicks the shit out of his underlings. And then logic grabs Luca. And then sort of like, basically is like, okay, you're just going to sit there and let my underlings beat the shit out of you and kill you now, because uh, otherwise I'm going to kill your son. And he dies like that. And then that's how uh, poor Luca ends up in slavery for 10 whole fucking years. Now, hang, yeah. hang on a sec here. Well, really I, fast too. <laughs> yeah. I noticed. Well, okay. When, when they're, they're beating up uh, Pankras, mm-hmm. he, his last words are Luca. Listen to me. <laughs> and then a comical Mel Blanc death scream. Oh my God. I'm so glad I'm the only one that laughed at that. So, yeah. Luca, listen to me. Why, <laughs> yeah, why in his moment of death did he turn into Daffy Duck exploding? Oh, man. It, was, it really killed the whole moment there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I gotta... think the pace also, I mean, the pace, like, I'm just going to keep on saying the pace, the pace of this movie, but like, dang, it was rough. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fucked like, up. We just because, met Henry yeah. and now we're captured and now we're already at the villain's lair. <laughs> and what are their names again? It's like that point you're like, yeah. who's who? It's, it feels like it feels like a child who just played through Dragon Quest V is breathlessly <laughs> telling you the whole plot over five minutes. Like, yeah, this happened, a, like Jason. Oh yeah, it's gosh, like yes. if this happened and then this happened yeah. and then this happened. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is this is exactly what I um I described the uh, Tomb Raider reboot that came out like however long ago that was. The thing that really turned me off about that whole game was it was like one of my small children telling me a story and then this happened and then this happened and then a wolf came and got me and then I fell down and then, the, and, then, and, then, and, then, and, then and then I'm like, oh my God. It's like, okay, I get it. Can you let something breathe for a goddamn second? Okay. Yeah, it was really hard to take anything in during this movie because it just, everything, it just kept, new thing happening, new thing happening, yeah. new thing happening. Yeah. New, new person, new names. Yeah. I- uh, I thought about you the whole time I was watching this, Vanessa. I was like, oh, poor Vanessa's not going to get what's going on. Even in the recurring characters, too, it's like, uh, I don't even have time to care about any of these people. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't form any bonds with any of these characters because we are moving. Yes, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, yeah, they they end up in slavery for 10 whole fucking years before they escape by, as Alex, uh, not not so much alluded to, but as uh, just stopped right saying, yeah, they covered themselves in shit and uh, float down a barrel, the... Monsters throw them down a barrel, uh, down a waterfall, and they land in a city below that's controlled by Luja. And a man named Doctor Aegon uh, helps them escape, and they Jesus. head back to Coburg. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Hold on, don't let's let's not do that until until we get to the actual reveal there, because uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, back to Coburg where Luca and Harry part ways as Luca uh, goes off in search of his mother. Luca befriends a slime that he ends up naming Gutrude, which is a nice little thing for uh, I guess Dragon Quest fans that yeah you can get your little buddies there uh, the monsters in dragon quest five as part of your party members. And a lot of the names or character names of like name monsters and stuff are some sort of pun. Like, and then when you name them, you will not normally name them like some sort of like silly name, but like Gutrude, like just fits right in. Although the voice at the end of this thing where Gutrude talks, um, I would think Gutrude was a girl. So. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little like, that why? Was Steve Bloom, by the way. What? Steve. Uh, Steve yeah. Bloom. I guess they, 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 
they could afford Steve Bloom for three lines of exposition <laughs> at the very end. I love it. Oh, like, God. How bizarre. Oh, okay. So, oh. a question about the slimes. Sure. Um, <laughs> okay. They're, mo- they're monsters. Mm-hmm. Correct. I think. Um, do, do they like, are they powerful allies no. or like? No. Okay. <laughs> They're basically just the um, cannon fodder for you at the beginning. Like, you know, it's that thing of like, I killed a rat when you play like, you know, some, you know, Western RPG. And then at the end of it, it's like, I'm killing God at the end. You know, like it's, oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just that progression of like, I'm killing a slime to I'm killing effectively God. So, okay. yeah, and there, there are progressively stronger ones, but they're never like a threat. There are metal ones that give you a lot of experience, but they're very hard to hit and they run away very quickly. But that's that's as annoying as they get. Yeah. As you saw in the movie itself, they actually kind of did a nice thing of like, you know, Luke oh, yeah. bashing his sword over it and like, I can't kill these things. <laughs> uh, let's see. So uh, he also finds his now fully grown saber cat, Percy, which again, nice little play yes. name there. <laughs> now, this this was another moment that I really wish they had done in the movie because it was very cute the way they did in the game, mm-hmm. which was when you and Bianca are kids, you're in this town, you see these boys beating up a baby, uh, a saber cat cub. And Bianca's like, hey, stop beating up that cat. And they say, OK, fine, go to the ghost mansion and steal the ghost treasure and come back and then we, we will stop. And so you do that and you get a baby cub and you name it and you have fun adventures. And then everything you described happens. You get enslaved, blah, blah, blah. But the, the hero still has Bianca's ribbon in his inventory. And you come upon this farm, and the farmers are like, hey, there's a, there's a terrifying killer panther terrorizing our farm. Can you please go kill it? So you go to the cave, um, and you use the ribbon in battle, and your, your saber cat smells the ribbon and recognizes Bianca and gives you a big old kitty hug and then joins your party. And in, in the movie, it's just that. It's just cut out all of the impactful mm-hmm. emotional beats, and it's just, okay, oh, it's you? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Running away from it, and then he oh, runs, although- runs on your side, or runs by your side. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? They did, yeah. they did talk about the cat in that first little little bit yeah, there. They, we they, saw the they talk, yeah, they talk about the haunted cat, the dungeon thing. Oh, that's right. They did, yeah. They did it's, over that. They, they, I, I, did, I rewatched the beginning. That, that whole that section is briefly in the very beginning. Uh, <laughs> it has the boss fight for a second. And, uh, yeah, so I, I put it, I put, I was able to put it together with video game knowledge mixed with I watched this movie already. So I'm like, oh, okay, okay, this is what happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 All right, so Luca heads back to the home he lived in with his dad, and he uncovers a hidden room of his father's. Uh, there, Luca discovers that his dad thought Luca was a legendary hero that would be able to wield the Zenithian sword and kill Laja. And, um, like, he hasn't enough thrown at him that his mom also has uh, been kidnapped uh, to perform some ritual to open the portal to the demon world because she was a Zenithian. So, yeah. yeah. We're still, like, 20 minutes into this movie, I'm pretty sure, too, and this is, like, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, too, though, like, the beginning, it crams so much, but then it sort of gets a little bit breezier as it just brushes past a lot of the more impactful stuff that happens later in the story, so... Like I said, the notes I took are pretty like long, but they're really uh, front heavy because okay. it consolidates so, 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 so much to get you into the action of Luca actually being able to fight. It's like they were writing this movie and they realized we could we, they couldn't fit the rest of the game into the movie. So they just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Literally hacked pages out of the beginning of the script. Like, OK, let's get these 20 out and goodbye. That's actually how I wrote a book report on a red, red badge of courage. I read 10 pages. <laughs> I, I read a page so felt like, Oh, if there was something important, I'd read through 10 pages. If there wasn't anything important, I would skip 10 pages ahead and move on. Like, Oh, okay. No. And I got an A plus on that book report. And I read, Oh, I'd say maybe a third of that book. 
Wow. Yeah. That's the next level book reporting right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I am not wanting to tell my daughter that because I don't want her to uh, figure out that, <laughs> hey, if you, if, you know, it, really, if you go through a book and it's a book you don't care about, you can do this and it will work most of the time because I managed to get through a bunch of book reports in Honors English in my freshman year that way of just blowing through them that way and be like, okay, yeah, oh no, I'm finished. Like, oh, you finished that early, Jason. Uh-huh. Yeah, I really dug this book. Here's my book report. Oh, you did very good. <laughs> Except you missed this whole thing about this. Oh, you know what? Completely forgot. Sorry. Wrote five pages on it. Thought you'd be more interested in this, but you know, this is the pa- points I hammered on. I've always been weird. <laughs> always looking for a shortcut, baby. <laughs> oh, speaking of shortcuts, let's get on to this damn movie here. All right. So Luca goes back to a town called, uh, oh, Christ on a crutch, uh, must, must, Mastro Ferrato. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Worthy as the sword is, the town is being terrorized by a uh, monster named Bjorn the Behemoth, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I do like Dragon Quest's sense of humor quite a bit. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the. Yeah. What, okay. So, Briscoletti, is he the leader, the king? What What is he of this town? Like, I didn't. I think he's just the richest man in town. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's, he's in charge. Just okay. the upper class. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he so, wears a robe that looks like like he's royalty. I don't think he is though. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so. No, funny. Maybe like a duke. He could be like a duke. There we go. Yeah, he, he, he's got vibes. He's got like uh, duke vibes. So it's a duke city, right, Vanessa? Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's the terrible Albuquerque pun from for the two of us that live in Albuquerque or lived in Albuquerque. Okay. So, yeah, anyway, yeah, we'll move on because that was stupid and I feel terrible that I said. I that. think anyway. for uh, for purposes for purposes of speeding the plot along. He has the sword uh, in the game. I think he has the shield because in the game, it's not just the sword. Mm. There's this whole set of Zenithian equipment that you need to find. Uh, yeah, they cut that whole thing Mega out. Man, Mega Man X. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. So they just condensed it all down into the sword. Yeah. You just get Zero's wow. Buster instead of uh, the whole armor set. <laughs> so. Yes. Uh, all right. So his daughter's name is Nira and Luca recognizes um or they recognize each other um, and have a clumsy anime exchange about being married because that's just kind of what we're, we're at with this movie. And yeah, this, she made about a uh, two second appearance in the beginning of the movie. So I know as a 16 bit sprite. So <laughs> I was so like, have we seen this character before? And then yes. she is definitely in the beginning of the movie for a split second. Yeah. I guess. So technically, yes. even, yeah. Even you even forget about her in the game. Um, <laughs> so much so that when they remade DQ five, they added another scene in the beginning where you meet her and Briscoletti when you're a kid. Like they're, they're at the dock that you and your dad roll up to for some reason. Like he owns the boat or something. And so they introduce like, oh, this is Mr. Briscoletti and his daughter Nara. Oh, nice to meet you. Wow, we're the same age. Let's go play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, had to do something because, yeah, it really made the choice yeah. later in the game feel like, well, this is an obvious one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it yeah, still feels I had, obvious. This is where I had to go back to the beginning and watch it again. Cause it's like, did we know this lady? <laughs> <laughs> yes. As a 16 bit Sprite, that was literally it for about two seconds. For, for like, yeah, exactly. Maybe two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I might be being generous yeah. with that. I think it's, it's, it's probably important to mention that in the actual game, you have a choice of who to marry. It can either be Bianca or Nera. Um, and I think all it changes is, well, your kid's hair color, they're, they're going to be blonde or blue depending on who you marry. And I think their abilities, I think Bianca tends, uh, if you have kids with Bianca, they tend towards physical abilities. If you have kids with Nira, they tend towards magic abilities. Um, Does Bianca still fight with you if you don't marry her? (laughs) What's that? Does Bianca still, like, is Nira a good ally if if you marry her? Or does she, she doesn't seem as useful as Bianca. That, boy, 
I wish I knew the answer to that because I've, I've played this game a dozen times. I've only ever married Bianca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd only played through it once, and fact, I was like, this seems like an uh, easy choice. Kind of, they, they even yeah. mention it. Yeah, they, they even mention totally that. Yeah, we'll get to um, that. We'll get to that whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> I live here in, in beautiful Japan. I've been running a retro video game bar for the past uh, seven years, and every Japanese salaryman that I talk to about Dragon Quest V, we talk about who did you marry, and it's it's 99% it's Bianca. Like, the yeah. game is very clearly steering you in the direction of Bianca as the canonical waifu, mm-hmm. so to speak. If you ever meet somebody that married, like, the next person you meet that marries Nira, will you ask them, like, how'd that go? Yes, <laughs> like, I'll say, how did that go? Why is your life fucked up? Why do you do the thing? <laughs> you make poor decisions. They're, they're obviously poor and destitute, so you could trace it back to when they married Nira in Dragon Quest V. <laughs> when their life went like, down in the downward spiral like you you do get i think if you do in game you get like an extra two thousand gold from her dad and that's it <laughs> yeah and, oh, and, you get, and you're sad for it yeah yeah Aww. yeah yeah money can't buy happiness so <laughs> no yeah uh so yeah it's literally the the old version of marriage where it's uh you know you marry somebody to have an alliance with so yeah to get money so that's a dowry so she's worth two thousand gold and a piece of zenithian equipment <laughs> Jeez, I don't even know if I'm worth that. So I, you know, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> okay. So uh, Luca, Gutrude, and Percy go and fight Bjorn and just get totally destroyed. Uh, they stumble into a tavern in town, and a woman gives him an herb, and it turns out that the girl they went to up to ten towers with as a kid, Bianca. I and I and I was like, oh, wow, God. it's Bianca, the character that I know, and <laughs> not the one that I didn't remember from the beginning of the movie either. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. This is just another one of the. I. Yeah. I, I looked this up, and Bianca's voice actor is Stephanie Shea. I was convinced it was Kristen Schaal until I looked this up. <laughs> yeah. I was absolutely certain, but it, no, it, it's... I mean, she, they both sound... She sounds great. I, was, I thought it was Kristen Schaal. I thought I was watching the most expensive episode of Bob's Burgers I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. But, that was good. Um, sorry? Oh, no, nothing. I was just going to move on if you were ready. <laughs> oh, no, I just I had one more voice thing. Um, oh, yeah. Bjorn, I, I feel like Bjorn would have benefited from some kind of voice filter and not just deep anime voice. Because, <laughs> like, that's a colossal dude. Mm-hmm. Should have some you reverb know, I, I feel on like it. Once, yeah, I feel like once you reach a certain size, like, they should start applying filters to your voice. Yes, yes. Your vocal cords are so large that they should, like, you know, reverberate a little bit as a gigantic yeah. creature. Not... Not just yeah. sound like a dude with a really deep voice. So, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So uh, Bjorn uh, has taken the Zenithian sword and Luca realizes he needs to somehow defeat Bjorn to get the sword. Bianca helps Luca fight Bjorn and Luca gets the sword, but finds out he can't use it. So it turns out he's not the hero, which is, I don't want to say like the first time you're playing Dragon Quest V, it's not soul crushing, but you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not the hero of this thing. You know, like when that re- revelation comes later, you're like, oh. Yeah, it definitely comes as a shock because you're so used to playing as the hero. Mm-hmm. And when you, you pick up the sword and you can't use it, you're as a player, you're like, wait, that, well, that's not how this goes. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And I, I did like that when it happened in the movie, he, he tries to pull it out. He says it's stuck and then does a very <laughs> Ren and Stimpy hand tremble, which was really great. <laughs> I thought that was real funny. Yeah. Okay, so they managed to beat Bjorn uh, somehow, anyway, you know, even without the Zenithian sword. And Luca spares him in exchange for Bjorn being loyal to him. And I expected Bjorn to be following him around after that as a party member, but I guess not. So, yeah. In the game, you just straight up kill him. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So you, you, don't get, you don't get a choice in the game? Just yeah, you, this, well, you needed uh, somebody to carry the boat later. 
Yeah. I guess, I, wow, I never thought I'd say it. I think maybe this is a, a point that uh, the movie has over the game. You didn't kill the beast. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice to have Bjorn as an ally. Except he, like, just, like, you never talked to him again until the last scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is literally the last you see yeah. Bjorn until, like, you know, the last, like, ten minutes of the movie. So, which, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. He decides not to marry Nira um, after the weird dream sequence that, you know, sort of hints as to what's, or start, maybe one of the first hints you start getting that, like, oh, this isn't just a straight telling of Dragon Quest V. There's something else going on here, but, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, is, that, is that not, is that not in, uh, in the game, the, the dream sequence thing? That is, yeah, the, that, uh, Nira transforming into the old lady, all of that is not in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, that whole sequence almost to me seems like a satire of Japanese culture. Like there's just, there's just no way of knowing your true feelings without this magic potion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes back to Nintendo's love tester thing that they made way back when. Love, uh, God, I'd still love to get my hands on one of those things one of these days and just see what the hell that thing is. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, the whole thing is like Nera is the witch in disguise and convinces her to marry, or convinces Luca to marry Bianca instead. So the dad ends up getting pissed off about it, but he gives Luca the Zenithian sword anyway because, yeah, so Luca confesses because his feelings. Plot. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, because we need to move this thing along for God's sakes. <laughs> now that that uh, that also uh, leads into one of my favorite lines of the movie. Like I, I legit laughed when when um, Briska Lady gives him the sword and then says, "One more thing. If anyone asks, I'm absolutely furious with you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really makes me laugh. Yeah, and then going to the bar and actually saying like, "Shh, no, this cover story. No, shut up." But then he proposes to her in the bar. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Uh, why would you do that in this town? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a... He's, they, he didn't have time to walk to the next town, John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't, yeah, we didn't have time to animate another place, okay? <laughs> that they could big, over, <laughs> big overworld. Yeah. Well to walk over there. Yeah. I forgot that her last name is Bianca Whitaker, which is such a normal name. <laughs> I love it when they give normal names to fantasy characters. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. Like Falco from Star Fox is Falco Lombardi, which is like that's that's my kid's coach. That's not a that's yeah. not a bird that pilots an X wing, an yeah. R wing or whatever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a nice little like again. Dragon Quest is full of these little details where they just do like real silly stuff like this, just to sort of uh, take the piss out of themselves a little bit at times. <laughs> And again, that's something I love about Dragon Quest. So anyway, uh, so now we get a really abbreviated version of everything because they have a son, Alice, uh, not as we mentioned before, not the twins that actually happened in the game. And then Laja attacks their house. Uh, during the fight, Sancho gets away with Alice. Uh, Sancho is uh, the, I guess, servant of... He's a yeah, family friend. like man servant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. Anyway, uh, and, yeah, Bianca's kidnapped anyway and Luca is turned into stone. Lodger reveals to Bianca that she's actually Zenithian too, and then turns her into stone after both her and uh, Luca's mother, Mata. Hello, Mata. Hello, Fada. Mata. Hello, Mata. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, refuse to help him. So, okay, so here's where things like get a little like I don't want to say bothersome with the actual Dragon Quest V comparison is because like you get turned into effectively a piece of like lawn furniture for somebody. Yeah, and you know you years. I mean, you know they tell you how many years go by in this thing, but you get to see a lot of the passings of the season, the people, you know, going on with their lives. And it strikes home a lot more because you literally can't do shit through this whole sequence. There is nothing you can do. And it sort of, like I said, that's, that's an impactful thing in the game that doesn't really translate well to 
uh, this version of the movie. It does not. I thought it was cool as someone had to play the game, uh, more in the sense that, oh, this would be cool. I'm sure this was re- done really well in the video game. That's what I was thinking. This is a, I'm sure this was very a very um, powerful moment in the actual game, as opposed to this, where it's just like, this is the same angle for a few, a few, a few, a few minutes and then it's over. Yeah. They only had 30 seconds to spend on. They were like, yeah. we don't have a lot of time to, 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 to sacrifice here. So we need to make it fast. Yeah. They're it's like, we got to wrap this thing up guys. Come on. <laughs> the way, the way that it happens in the game is, I mean, yeah, it's, you can, you can tell like, Oh, this was, this was part of something that was probably a lot more touching. You and Bianca get turned to stone by a big bed and you're just left there as statues and some treasure hunters find you and they sell you off to different people and you or, or Luca rather uh, his statue just sits in a, in a rich guy's front yard and for eight years you're watching another dude's kids grow up mm-hmm. in front of you and yeah. you can't even move like it's so sad Jesus yeah <laughs> like you're, you're and like the whole time, you're like, I, uh, "Where are my? Where's my family? Where's my my stone wife and my flesh kids?" <laughs> 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 flesh kids. Well, that's, what I, that's what I was asking. Where are my stone wife and flesh kids? <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. And in the, in the movie, it's just I, I'm in I'm hanging out in this gulch until my son comes around and pulls the sword out, and we got too much fanfare i i feel like the fanfare gets overused a lot especially uh, yeah. in the movie yeah 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 i mean i i really appreciate having the like you know the full like orchestral versions of all of these things because they use music from dragon yeah. quest 5 specifically but yeah it does get a little like okay guys like we we get it this is a dragon quest movie we don't need that every like 15 yeah. minutes it's fine so we remember and i feel like I feel like the overture itself is is very is just overused in Japanese culture in general because anytime a new Dragon Quest game comes out, it's all you hear in the stores. Oof. And to hear it, I think I counted it three or four times in the movie. Like once, maybe twice would have been good. Yeah, like once at the beginning and then once at the end would have been good. Yeah, but I, I think having it play like during the slow-mo of the sun pulling the sword out was a little much. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little little too i don't want to say on the nose but like literally like okay and to a point i guess maybe that kind of hammers home to like the twist at the end here like you know somebody who might do this and lose themselves in this uh thing we'll say we haven't revealed quite yet they might want to hear that constantly but i guess yeah for just a movie it's like okay i don't really need to hear this thing again like i like this i just don't need to hear it every 15 minutes in this movie yeah yeah just uh before i move on um (laughs) there was a very simpsons-esque line that made me laugh before that whole scene plays out like right after uh, Alice is born and the sword starts shaking on the wall, Luca just looks at it and he goes, sword's been doing that a lot lately, <laughs> which was, a, yeah. it felt like a very Simpsons line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really, it, really it's like, man, I don't think it was intended to be funny, but I love it. It's trying to tell me where this, I, I gotta go find the legendary hero. <laughs> it's, uh... Yeah. It's telling me to move my ass. Not that the legendary hero is like two feet away. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's a very Homer line. not super bright. No, no, no. So, yeah, and the other thing is, too, like, um, the twins actually sort of, like, lament, like, your their mother and, like, how beautiful she is. And I guess when they, if I'm remembering right, Alex, when they finally see her, like, you're even better or cooler than, or, and more beautiful than we could, than we even imagined you would have been. Like, there's a lot yeah. of that emotional stuff that just doesn't get conveyed here because, again, you're trying to, you know surmise something that's 40 something hours long into an hour and 40 minutes. And it just, 
yeah doesn't, doesn't really work so they don't yeah they don't really convey how much it would suck being stoned for eight years in this movie <laughs> they they kind of just gloss over the fact that it's been eight years yeah and just, I, yeah i mean they show the like you know world kind of going to shit with uh yeah with elijah like getting more powerful and his monsters getting more prevalent everywhere but it doesn't really hammer home like the sadness that it actually conveys in the game itself as to like what happened so that's I, I do have one question about Lodge. Why why does he have Hugh Jackman's chin balls from movie 43? <laughs> Ooh, it's so bad, right? The, uh, the deep cut. Yeah. Oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> but why? It's... I don't even think he, he. I don't think it's that pronounced in the game, but uh, no. I don't know. Holes aren't very pronounced in the game. He doesn't. I... <laughs> he's got an inflammation of some kind. Ugh. I mean, it's, <laughs> and and his his weird like uh, his eye thing was also. I thought I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, I actually did kind of like the go funny eye that just like you're never really quite sure where he's looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was yeah. an interesting interesting villain design. That's that's was a lot the, of Dragon Quest where you get a lot of interesting was this villain before design. or after Final Fantasy VI. This, this is before. Before. Okay, yeah. Before yes. Kefka. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's got. You're, he gives me Kefka vibes, so I guess it gives, Kefka gives me Lodja vibes. I should really say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think Final Fan- I don't think Final Fantasy's topped Kefka, so they yeah, sure, they sure did try with with, with what was his name Arden Arden or whatever in in fifteen. Yeah, they really yeah. tried that. I mean, Ar- <laughs> Arden never had a chance <laughs> because of the way fifteen was its whole development cycle. Yeah, but yeah, I guess they were kind of going for a Kefka deal with yeah. that. <gasps> Have you guys done uh, King's Glaive yet? No, we have not. No, and I'm a huge. I'm actually a huge Final Fantasy 15 fan. I'm one of the weirdos that likes 15 a lot. Um, so I'm, I think I have seen King's Glaive. I've seen it too. Yeah, I thought it was would you, would okay. you like to join us in? Um, Are we five putting you down for that one? Watch it. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. I, I actually, I actually haven't seen it because I, I was not, I did not get that too into FF15. I got like halfway through. And I, I got up to the Leviathan fight, and I didn't know what to do, and I threw the controller down, and I shouted at the TV, I don't oh, know yeah. what you want me to do. Oh, yeah, that fight's bad. <laughs> I love that. That fight's bad. It's yeah. how <laughs> yeah. um, I play all my video games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so um, I guess we should get back on this thing here, because we're, yes. ne- we're nearly done. We're nearly done. All right, so uh, years okay. go by, and Alice uh, finds a wand that breaks a spell on Luca uh, during that fight. Luca is freed, and it's revealed that Alice is a legendary hero in the most uh, overly or over the top uh, sort of like fanfare bullshit kind of way that I, yeah, again, Alex and I mentioned, not particularly yeah. big fans of that whole se- sequence. I've got a quick question, though, okay. before we move on. Okay, okay. How did, did, did he know, did Alice know the magic staff was going to free Luca? And, and Apparently. why? I, I, <laughs> yes, and I don't know. It? Yes, and I don't know. You know what? I think this is kind of glossed over in the game as well. I think the I think <laughs> it's like Sancho just goes on a quest with the kids and I they, they right. hear about this staff that can uncurse you if you're a statue. I, I don't think that's it's very well laid out in, in the game itself. Okay, good. Because I was like, I don't I don't know how yeah. to do it. Like, Okay, so now we're actually faithful to the staff game. Staff was gonna be the one. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe it's like the four staff he's tried in this, like they just keep it spending years to find out if I'm the right staff to, 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 to touch them with. <laughs> yeah, he threw another staff at him. He's like, oh, damn, I broke your nose off. Sorry. Like just a montage of them trying another staff and then throwing it onto a pile of 300 yeah, staffs. That'd, that'd be that, pretty that good. That needed to be in the movie. That's what we needed. <laughs> uh, I love it. 
Okay, so now this is when they uh, go to find the Zenith Dragon, uh, who turns out to be the old man who helped Luca and Harry earlier. Doctor, okay, Aegon. Wait, sorry, I, I do have a question. Yes. The, the the Zenith Dragon is disguised as Mandy Patinkin, who runs a bar. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But I like it. How... How does Luca know about the Zenith Dragon and that he's disguised as a human? How does anybody know about this? Yeah, because exactly. I mean, the way it happens in the game is you come across Doctor Egan in a mine, and he's stuck on a minecart loop that he's been on for twenty years. And you press a button, and you break his loop, and he's like, "Thanks, I was riding that minecart for twenty years, and it's real goofy." Wow. But then he, exp- you know, you get up to the castle, he explains everything. How is it? I, I missed how this is imparted to these characters. How do they know about him? Alex, you didn't miss it. The movie missed it. Oh! <laughs> I thought he was told that the dragon was hiding in the town like before he was before he was frozen in stone. I thought that was mentioned in the movie. Oh, I, I maybe think he mentioned it to himself though. I think Luca mentioned it in passing. <laughs> Someone told him that I, he was told he was told that, but I'm pretty sure he's told that in the movie before he turns to stone. And he just remembers it while he's in stone for eight years. Maybe it's when the, maybe it's when the sword is uh, being is, is shaken around for Alice there. Yeah, I don't. I, I okay. I'm pretty sure that is mentioned in the movie. It's uh, I, I think that I think the movie does at least do that because like, because okay. I because I didn't I knowing me I would definitely have been like when was this mentioned <laughs> and uh, I did not do that for this okay. so. I could have also just accepted it because of all the other bullshit this movie throws at you all at once, all the time. So Yeah, that you just but sort I, of have to accept and run with. So, yeah, yes. I, and, and this is also, I think, one of the worst puns in the uh, in the whole movie. So is Doctor, or Game 2, Doctor, Doctor Aegon. Yeah, hang on. I, wa- I want to just uh, cover this real quick. Like, yeah. So Dra- Dragon Quest has been... Like the names are very punny in Japanese to begin with, and they've mm-hmm. tried to sort of mimic that with the localization, starting with DQ eight in two thousand four, right. and they largely succeed. But there's also a lot of clunkers, and this is um, one of them. This is one of them. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of <laughs> dumb. He like even I mean it doesn't it, it makes just as little sense in the game. He's not a doctor. He's a guy wearing a bow tie. Okay, um, what's you the know. difference? What are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> um, same, same thing. Same deal with up to ten. It's it's a pun. It's a it's a name that exists for one pun, and the pun sucks. So we could have called <laughs> something else. Yeah, a lot of the uh, the pun translations. I do, for some reason they work better in text than they do in a CG movie where people have to say these things out loud. Yeah, yeah, that's that tends to be a lot of the issues. Is like you know you just like oh this is funny in my head and then you're like oh god actually human beings have to say this shit oh god it yeah. just yeah. So, so I had a he... similar reaction to when any, when anybody casts magic in the game they say the spell name. Yeah, out they, I don't think they need to do that. All I hear is magic. <laughs> yeah, all I hear is magic missile, magic missile. <laughs> like you don't have to say it please just you don't have to frizzle i uh side tangent here i um i wanted to be uh an insufferable weeb in uh the Neverwinter nights uh like online thing for a while so i named my character lena inverse yeah. and whatever the ultimate okay. spell was i had i had her automatically every time i cast it just shout out dragon slave to it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fun. I did that for like, I did that like six or seven times in the party. I was teamed up with like, what the hell is this guy saying? I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. Apparently somebody's not a fan of Slayers. All right. Fuck you too then. Oh. Uh, in reference to Dr. Aegon. So he's, he's a dragon in the game too, right? It's a, he's a, he's a dragon. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So when, when they, when they find he's a dragon, does, does his name combine from Dr. Aegon to dragon after he becomes, after you find out he's the dragon? 
No, he, I think I think it's oh, just that, he, that he, I think he's Master Dragon or Zenithian uh, Dragon. That would have been really. That would have been a good. That would have been good. I would have liked. Yeah, but this like well, yeah. the other thing that annoys me about it is, and and I don't I'm, I don't necessarily get mad at localization choices like this, but I feel like sometimes the DQ localizers are putting in too many puns because in Japanese his name is just Pusan. It's not a pun at all. <laughs> it's just a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't need to. Westerners don't like normal names. No, I don't. Yeah, Yeah. they're too stupid to understand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they totally Mm -hmm. needed. Yeah, like we need to hide his identity in plain sight with his name. No. (laughs) Uh, What a bucket guy gene, right? That's what we are. (laughs) Is there only one Zenith Dragon, or are there many Zenith Dragons? I think there's just the one. I think it's the same one that shows up in four and six as well. Okay. I don't remember. It's been a while. So the the Zenith Dragon then. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. So yeah. So he needs a golden arm to actually uh, be able to transform into his dragon form. And yeah, of course, why not? The <laughs> orb that uh, Lucas had all these years uh, turns out to be fake, and he needs to reach the fairies. I, I okay. Uh, by himself, of course. Uh, so they'll help him get the real one. He goes on the trial to this thing, and Gucci tags along, and then they fight a bunch of robots that actually aren't. Uh, in Dragon Quest until I think six. Nope, two. Oh, are they in two? Okay. Eat shit, Jason. Okay. <laughs> wow, dude. I'm gonna cover yeah. myself in it and go down a waterfall. Yeah, the, uh, the killer machines first showed up in two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think they. I, I don't remember seeing them, but okay. No, I'm gonna trust yeah, you on this one, Alex. Towards the end of the game. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Gutrud helps him through by um, which. I got a good laugh out of this. They shoot an arrow and Gutrud yeah. grabs it with his mouth and then they grab and then um, Luca grabs the top of Gutrud's head and they fling yeah. across. <laughs> I got a good laugh out of that. Yeah, I like yeah. the animation they did there. Uh, okay, so they reach the fairies by falling into the place with uh yeah. Um, um they send him back in time to swap out the orb uh, that he had as a child. So in the yeah. opening sequence it turns out he was talking to himself. Right. And, and that's something that you that <laughs> that's something that happens in the game is mm-hmm. as a kid, you're exploring town and you see what looks like your adult self. So you talk to him out of curiosity and that whole exchange happens like, hey, great, cool orb. Can I see? All right. Bye. And as, as a player, you're like, the fuck was that? Why yeah. did that guy look like me? But twice as tall. He's wearing a purple cloak and everything just like me. But the uh, the whole fairy thing is, you know, that's covered in the beginning of the game as well, but was cut from the movie for time where you go. As a kid, you go into the fairy realm and you get back a magic flute or something and you save them from an eternal winter. And that's why when you're an adult, you already have a relationship with the fairies. You're like, hi, can you help me now that I helped you in the past? And like, yeah, sure. Go back in time. And that's how it all ties together. But of course, the movie just has to has to be all boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so much happens. Yeah. 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 Like I said, this is this is this is totally a game worth playing. And, you know, if the oh, movie yeah. like piqued your interest at all like even just a little bit like oh i think there's something interesting here do it because this again for a 16-bit rpg this is incredibly impactful like throughout the whole yes. thing they do some really great moments but uh, i guess we should get back into this thing where it's uh you know trying to uh shoehorn these great moments into uh you know a, a you know again 100 minutes yeah so <laughs> hey. all right uh yeah so he has this exchange with himself as a child and then kind of moves on and sees his dad and kind of look i thought it was a nice little touchy moment that he you know like lamented at looking his dad for a second there like oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and so now in his yeah. dragon form uh Aegon takes luca alice percy and gutru to lodge's palace or whatever it is uh they break the spell on bianca and go to attack lodge logic kills mata hello mata who's the mother <laughs> i just 
I thought I did laugh when um, Doctor Agan delivers them to that float the the mountain or whatever, and then it just immediately turns back into a dude who's just really tired. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, enough know. of this shit. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, yeah. Man, um, I also, as far as I remember, Bianca is not a Zenithian in the game. I think they just added that because. Well, she's the only choice of wife, so why not? Yeah. Why not also pick her one? Uh, and I'm trying to I remember. Know. I thought she was, but I don't think it's revealed in the same way. Maybe I'm... Yeah, shit. But then what happens if you marry Nira? They can't both be Zenithians. Sure they can, right? Well, when you put it that way. <laughs> I make a compelling argument, don't I? <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Uh, so, yeah, they go... Uh, after Mata. Hello, Mata. Just, God, <laughs> I have to say that fucking out loud. <laughs> I can tell much it hurts every time you say it. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I am all I am all for delicious puns, and that is not one. That is that is one that I spit out every time I have to say it. So anyway, uh, Logic kills Mata, and they attack Logic and his troops. They're vastly outnumbered and looks hopeless until hey, remember Harry, the green-haired prince from like an hour and a half ago? Uh, he shows up with Error. his army. Yeah. <laughs> In a ship carried by Bjorn. Hey, remember Bjorn? Yeah, him too. He's back. So. Uh, they help uh, Lodge and Luca fight. Uh, Alice uh, shows up at the last second to help kill Lodge. I was gonna say I thought the final fight was probably was probably some of the best animation they did in the movie. Yeah, the fight was actually pretty good because uh, honestly, I didn't think the movie looked very good. Uh, from my uh, my my opinion, I wasn't a fan of the art style in the CG, um, but I liked the final fight. It was pretty good. The studio that does this uh, tends to do a lot of I guess 3D stuff that is supposed to look like what the equivalent of, uh, you know, 2D people coming into 3D world, which, you know, is sort of like that weird anomaly of the Charlie Brown movie that came out a few years ago of like, how do, oh. how do these characters fucking translate into 3D? They don't. Although yeah. they did, did it they also do that Lupin movie? You know what? Yes, they did. They did. Yeah, I thought, I thought they looked similar. Yeah, that's where that came from. Yeah, so I, guess, yeah. I, I think they did as good of a job as you can do into getting uh, Toriyama's art into 3D, but yeah. yeah. And honestly, one thing I noticed right out of the gate was the frame rate seems to be i don't know i want to i want to say it's 24 frames per second because the, the thing that i i don't like about a lot of cg stuff is it's too smooth mm. and it just takes me out of it i feel like this was ju just realistically choppy enough that uh i really liked it visually i actually kind of like the way it looked too it like, i don't know there, there, there's a little bit of you know suspension of disbelief in these sort of things where you sort of have to give it a little bit and but yeah it, it never really felt like it was too smooth like it the, I'm trying to think, like, what is that, like, one of those, the TV things that got introduced where they, like, smooth, smooth it out to, oh, God. oh I can't the stand that. turn off on your parents' moving, TV. Yeah. Yes, yes. Moving. Yeah, yeah I, I cannot deal with that. Like, the first time I saw that, I'm like, why would anybody do this? Holy shit. Yeah, I never got that sense with this. Like, I get that with some 3D movies, but this, I think, did a pretty good job of, like, yeah. keeping it feeling, I guess, as realistic yeah. as you're going to get a 3D uh, Toriyama character design moving. It's... It's like, you know how, like, in a, in a lot of movies, obvious CG will take you out of it mm -hmm. because it's too smooth compared mm -hmm. to what else is happening on screen. And look, I got to I got to be up front. I got to be real honest. There's a lot of noticeable CG in this movie, <laughs> uh, but, it's, you know, but it's all at a lower frame rate, which makes it, it you know, it's got that dreamlike quality. Yeah, it's a little bit more like watching. Yeah, it doesn't feel like I'm watching a cutscene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Alex, I'm, you know, I'm, I didn't want you to call out that there was a lot of CG in this thing, but you know, I guess, I guess we had it. I, I, I tell it like it is. Yes. That's what you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, Alice shows up at the last second to help kill Laja. Hang on. Wait, real quick. Okay. Why is there zero emotional reaction when mom slash grandma gets vaporized? Because seriously, like right. it, it, they, they none of them knew who she was. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <that was> <laughs> Hi, I'm your mother. Now I'm dead. Bye. That's right. true, actually, That's because so cool. they, there was that one scene where, where um, she, she like he, Luca didn't even remember her face in his like flashback. He's like fuzzy face, mom arms. Mm-hmm. Bianca spent but more yeah, time with, so. with 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 her than Luca did. That was his dad's like one thing was make sure you save her mom and didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, he failed. Anyway, they kill him together with his dying breath. Uh, he summons Nismo, who's the big bad, and you know, kind of comes out of nowhere, left field, like in every JRPG uh, from the Demon World. Uh, Nismo shows up, and here's where we get the twist. That uh, oh. controversial at best. <laughs> yeah, nice way of putting it. Uh, yeah, so the whole thing turned out to be a VR game. Uh, Nismo is a virus meant to attack the game itself, and they have a rather lengthy exchange about the validity of video games being an experience <laughs> worth having, which I was not expecting from this movie. I knew the twist. I was not expecting this conversation, but <laughs> it was it was quite the conversation. Yeah. Uh, also, there's a message from the creator of the virus that it said just like grow up loser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Funny. I thought yeah. that was funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, but who's the bigger loser? The guy, the guy who's enjoying this, or the guy who writes a virus to kill off somebody's enjoyment of something? It's like, okay, well, maybe. virus guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you, you get some retroactive clues uh, during a sequence here, revealing that it was a game the whole time. And also, when you're t- um, when Luke is talking to uh, Doctor Aegon, um, he does sort of say, "Oh, things are different this time," and like Luca goes like, like "Huh." Only- it's like the only thing that could like could make you think what that this might be weird. Oh really? no, no! Remember the remember the dream sequence he had where he was like literally like touching a text box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yeah, auto auto suggest auto complete whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I think auto suggest is what it was. Yeah. So it's yeah. like yeah, kind of one of those things of like there's, there's itty bitty tiny hints and then even on a second watch it's not really much of a way in the hint of that anything is going on there. But yeah, it's just sort of one of those things yeah. of like yeah. Like I guess they're trying to shoehorn these hints in retroactively, so I mean, just kind of do what you gotta do. But it seems very weird to me from a design perspective. Like I think Ma- Ma- Marta says it too. Like, oh, he's really strong this time around. Like, why would you? Why would you have your VR experience say that? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're having the character say it to clue the audience in, but it doesn't make sense in the context of a VR game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you're. I would imagine this is an expensive experience, and to take you out of it at all in the least would be a little frustrating because it's like, yeah, it's like I spent probably a couple hundred bucks to do this for an afternoon, and you take me out of it by saying something like that. Thanks. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Um, uh, Nismo's about to finish the world off, and then Gutrude reveals that he's actually an antivirus of all fucking <laughs> things. Yeah. He starts talking. He's an antivirus. What the fuck is going on? With right the deepest now? voice in the world, you're like, what the hell? This little slime who's like, you know, been like making these cute little cooey noises throughout the whole thing, and all of a sudden he's like, like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, right. suddenly he's Steve Bloom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that whole twist uh, info dump is bizarre, but it made for a good uh, Dra- Dragon Quest three cameo because that's the sword that uh, Luca pulls out is the sword from DQ three. Right, God, okay, I loved it. <laughs> that's your favorite, I know. So that's great. Well, all right, I'm glad we had that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so uh, luca kills Niz- uh nismo uh, with nismo dead the game keeps is, is going it nimzo or nismo nismo i said it wrong sorry <laughs> is it nimzo schmizo shlomio shlomazel who's the furry guy in gremlins <laughs> that, gizmo. Mi- thank you <laughs> mizgo <laughs> 
Uh, all right. So with Nismo dead, the game keeps going with all the characters patting Luke on the back for actually being the hero, not his son. Uh, they arrive at Harry's kingdom and see a fireworks show, welcoming them back and celebrating the victory. Bianca punches Luca, and he comments how it actually hurt, uh, indicating something's different with the game now somehow. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the end. And again, I kind of, I like this thing up to a point where, except where the end there, where it's like, no, you're actually the hero. Don't worry. It wasn't, this isn't really a retelling of Dragon Quest V at all. You turn out to be the real hero in this thing, not your son. And it was a little... I don't want to say it takes a little bit out of the meaning and impactfulness of Dragon Quest V by doing that, but it kind of does that. I think it's a a bad twist because it doesn't really add add anything to the movie. And it has nothing to repeat viewings also, which I feel like a a good twist should add a little bit to repeat viewings at least. And I just feel like it doesn't. And it just, yeah, it's just a twist for a twist's sake. So that might shine along. Yeah. I I feel like it, the twist itself is fine, but it's so poorly executed that yes. it's meaningless. Yes, yes, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah. It's just they, like they could have done something really cool with this idea, and instead, no. They, they should have been feeding it to you more throughout the rest of the movie. That is, it, would have rewarded um, another watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's basically the moral becomes it's it's still real to me. Damn it. Which is kind of how I feel about a lot of games. It is a memorable twist, I'll say, because it's just so out of left field. (laughs) It's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, I remember watching it in the theater and just being dumbfounded. Like, I looked at my friend. We kind of looked at each other like, what? Did we we get up and walk into a different movie? What is going on? (laughs) Uh, It's like, you guys spliced the films with the rock movie. I don't know what happened here. This is the second movie. No. No. Moses Jones looking at Spyrus talking to you about <laughs> about the meaning of video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Which, like I said, the, the whole thing with that thing is like, okay, I, the message is, I don't want to say a little heavy-handed, but maybe a little heavy-handed. And I'm, I, I am one of those people that, like, you know, I, Alex and I kind of probably grew up in a different generation of acceptance of video games. And especially you, Alex, in Japan, where video games are not nearly as accepted as they are in the West. As, Other way around. No, I mean, as like as a thing for adults, right? Isn't that you're supposed to grow out of that thing? Uh, or is that or is that it was kind of gone by the wayside? Because I thought that was the thing for a good long time where it was seen as sort of like a childish thing and you're not really supposed I, to do uh, that. You know what? I think that I think that kind of went away at the okay. same rate that it did in the West. OK. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't thought about that, actually. But yeah. Yeah. I don't have any firsthand experience with that, so. Okay, yeah. I, you know, my, all my experiences, the way it went in the West, and it was just always sort of relayed. Maybe it was just because, of like, you know, when podcasts started, that was that narrative was relayed in that sense. So I always had a feeling that Japan was a little bit behind in that sense. But I'll I'll trust you on that because, you know, you're, you're, you're the man on the ground over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like I said, it, it, it's sort of this nice, like, thing of, like, yeah, your, your experiences matter. Even if this world isn't real, they can be real to you. And I think it sort of is also, in a way, a commentary sort of on video games that, like, they can have impactful narratives just like books do. Like, I, I, I feel like a lot of, like, video games, like, you know, you get lost in the characters. You know, you know they're not real, but they're, they mean something to you. And, you know, there's still there's not nearly as much of a stigma to it, but sort of having that wide eyed imagination attachment to that stuff is seen as like kind of silly for video games. Whereas like books, it's fine into adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, that was sort of my take on it. Like I said, I, I kind of appreciated that the, that dragon quest, like, you know, one of the biggest series, especially in Japan kind of went for it and just was like, yeah, no, these experiences matter to you and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with these experiences mattering to you. Like as long as you can separate the reality from it, but then at the end where Luca gets punched and he actually hurts him. So you're like, can he separate reality from this now? Yeah. I thought it was ultimately dumb, but brave because mm-hmm. the movie is actually, the movie is like 
forcing nerds to examine their own nostalgia, yeah. but in a very clumsy way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Every every Japanese person that I talked to after this came out, uh, all the folks who came to the bar who saw it said the exact same thing. It was really good up until the end. And I, I just think it's not – you don't expect – something i don't want to say heavy but something that's going to force you to examine your own nostalgia this way just from a, a, a fun lighthearted dragon quest movie because nostalgia it can be kind of depressing to examine really heavily like mm -hmm. you know boy, I, I keep playing the same old games because i like them a lot but maybe it's because i'm afraid to grow and, and try new things like i got into a discussion yesterday with my friend aaron about replaying video games and she's like i would i'd never replay video games i only want something new and i'm like but I like to replay old stuff that I enjoyed because I yeah. want to experience it again. And, you know, there's people who like to do that and people who don't. Yeah. And, and this movie is, is basically like, hey, if you like doing that, you might be an idiot. But you're not. But you could be. But some people don't like you. But it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Even you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, tries to, it tries to say something without actually committing to a side. Yeah. It's really both siding things on this oh, one. Geez. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it, no. does, does, it does, does. <laughs> Fine slimes on both sides. <laughs> oh, god damn it. Dragon Quest, your story. Centrist politics. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I, uh. I did find it funny that uh, they used they used both the ending themes from Dragon Quest 2 and Dragon Quest 3. Because those, those two are the most powerful uh, closing themes I don't remember what the close the ending theme to DQ Five is. I, 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 I mean, I'm either. assuming it showed up in the credits at some point. It, yeah, it, it's got to be in there somewhere. I mean, I think yeah. the rest of the music is from Five. I think there's two and three. There's a lot in the Oh, there's, yeah, there's, there's there. a lot. Obviously, a lot from Five, but they also stuck in a lot from the other games as well. Because Dragon Quest has kind of become. I mean, after Sugiyama kind of stopped trying in 2004 and really stopped trying last week. Um, <laughs> just become like a greatest hits cavalcade for every installment yeah yeah i think uh, i think it's i saw somebody on twitter said i, I hope you i hope you burn in midi hell sugiyama <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah yeah it's about how i felt with the dragon quest 11 soundtrack at first like oh this is not great yeah. why are you doing this why why and he why? was, he was he was very stingy with his uh, licensing with with the rights, uh, especially when it came to America. I think because he was pissed off about, um, I think like uh, Congress put forth a movement to like make Japan acknowledge uh, the whole comfort women thing with uh, Korea, mm -hmm. and Sugiyama oh, took man. that. You know, he, ultra right wing dude took it the wrong way and um, refused to license out the rights. I don't. We don't know if this is the reason, but he did not let them use the orchestrated versions of the soundtracks for the DQ seven and eight releases on 3ds. And Square Enix's official company line was, um, we couldn't get them to loop properly. <laughs> I mean, you, you sure did in the Japanese versions. Yeah, but the, they broke now somehow. Uh, Steve <laughs> dropped them. They don't, they don't work anymore. Look, do you want it in English or do you want the, or do you want the orchestra? I mean, take your pick. Oh, <laughs> There's only so much data on these cards, goddammit. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, some awkward stuff there, so. <laughs> all right with that guys i think it is time we talk uh we talk about ranking this thing <laughs> this experience this dragon quest thingo that we did i will let you guys kind of give me a ballpark on where you're looking there alex if you want to uh, if you want to pull up the google um, doc you can you can kind of follow along okay. here and uh, chat and chime in if you want to oh my god okay <laughs> i know right yeah it's, it's yeah. daunting yeah <laughs> isn't it yeah yeah we've got a lot to go still too so which is very very sad Okay, all right, Vanessa, John, I'll let you guys kind of like 
give a ballpark of where you guys are thinking. Uh, we see, um, I see where Vanessa's at right now, and I think it's below Tales of Vesperia, personally. I think uh, so, too. That had, like, like yeah. better pacing. <laughs> yeah, that was it was a better movie. Forbidden Siren, though, I don't know if it is a better movie. It's, I mean, this is better than Sakura Wars, but that's a whole other conversation in and of itself. Because <laughs> John's hit his side. head a couple of times, so it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, is it better than Forbidden Siren? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we, we talked about this. We had to do a lot of the heavy lifting for Forbidden Siren, and that actually, I think, we yeah. turned out at the on our bonus segment on that one uh, to have made out uh, a better movie than Forbidden Siren was ourselves, which if three putzes who just do a podcast about a video game movie um, can do that, then... So... Um, yeah, I don't think Forbidden Siren is that good. And this, this had a lot of cute moments. Like, I really, really liked the montage sequences. Like, there, either there were way too many of them, but they were pretty cute. Yeah, I... It had a I slime like named the... Gutrude. I also liked the idea of this movie more than the uh, <laughs> you know, the actual movie, similar to Forbidden <laughs> Siren. Only there is a game that I could actually play that is actually the the uh, the idea of this movie mm-hmm. uh, uh, fleshed out completely. So I guess it is better than Forbidden Siren. All right, so then we are decided. This is our new number twenty-four. Wow, so twenty-fourth best video game movie ever made. Congratulations, there. Sorry, John, I'm taking your line. <laughs> you took my my moment there, Jason. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, it's a uh, congrats being a top twenty-five uh, video game movie. Dragon Quest, as of uh, sort of, it's this is you know as of today. It's, uh, <laughs> as of this recording. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll tell you this right now. Today, it is. It is definitely the best dragon quest movie that i have ever seen me too yeah me too you know <laughs> the only dragon quest movie subsequently also the worst that's yeah also that yeah yeah both things can be true which is why yes. it's perfectly number 25 because it's right in the middle actually it's no not it's not even no i liked it well enough i thought we said it was yeah okay, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's right in the middle of 50 <laughs> hey, uh, Vanessa, you put it. You put I liked it. I liked it enough. Vanessa, you, you it needs to go up that. one. It needs to go up one. Oh no! Yeah, you put yeah, it the, integrity, the integrity of this list is uh, it's falling apart before the seams yeah. right now. Yeah, we're falling Whoa. apart at the seams, just like the reality in Dragon Quest. Oh, it's some real meta commentary from the show uh, today. Yeah, yeah. simple errors. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I thought at least it, 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 this movie encourages me at least to play Dragon Quest. So eventually, yeah. I will play whatever is not a hundred and dollar, like you know, not one hundred and twenty dollars to buy. Dragon Quest Eleven on I, Game Pass. Good luck. It's it's not <laughs> ideal, but they did port them all to mobile. Yeah, they are um, available on iOS. Yeah, do they Which, look like the Final Fantasy ports? Or do they look no, no, good? they're. They're straight. They're straight up uh, just ports of the DS versions, which look fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, uh, of course, there's the Square Enix tax on them. So. Yeah. But that's still uh, yes. cheaper than the uh, still cheaper than the uh, DS carts are. Yeah. For any crazy folks out there who are studying or know Japanese, I recommend the the PS2 remake of DQ5 as the best because it has. A fully orchestrated soundtrack composed by a horror person. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 I I don't think there's a fan translation for that. Is there? Um, I don't think so, I don't think so either. I, Although I'm, I sooner or later somebody's going to take the DS localization and plug it into the PS2 version. In which case, that's going to be the definitive version. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, as much as I appreciate the looks, DS version, it you know it, it looks like a DS game. So that's part of the problem. 
Yeah, it's it's fine. It has its own charm. Like the sprites are really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the portability is nice, but beyond that, it's kind of like, hey, yeah, you know, put it in your pocket, take it you to your grandma's house. I don't give a shit. Yeah, something like that. Yes. <laughs> that was the slogan for the DS. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> put it in your pocket, take it you to your grandma's house. I don't give a shit. Yeah, every uh, commercial said that at the end. I love it. Uh, <laughs> it was a weird choice. Very bold. I, they were well past their play it loud era, but hey, you know, yeah. Nintendo had to do what they had to do. They're bouncing off the GameCube failing, so. Oh. <laughs> that, that had a handle on it, too. You could take that anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but nobody gave a shit. That was the problem. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. So, you know, I was, like, one of the three guys on Earth that, like, actually took their GameCube around by the handle occasionally, so. Wow. I've dropped that. I've, Alex, I've dropped my GameCube twice, like, once down a flight of stairs, uh, drunkenly. Oh. And uh, another time when I was moving... It was on the bottom of a box that the bottom gave out, and it fell on the on my new driveway, and I was like, oh, there goes that GameCube, and nope, still functions just fine. Wow. Those things are indestructible. They're, they're amazing. <laughs> yeah. They are. That's we used crazy. to do at GameStop for the ones, that, like the retired systems, like throw them at each other to see which would win. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yeah. <laughs> it, beats, it, beats, it beats every other system. You can throw it in an Xbox. The Xbox will shatter. The GameCube will survive. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, see, Alex, uh, Vanessa and I used to work together at GameStop, and we had a thing called Field Destroy, where after a certain point, you would have to uh, literally destroy <laughs> the product, and, you know, and so, so, you know, occasionally we would just take the stuff home ourselves, and, uh, yeah, well, right. whatever. Uh, but I, there can't be a statute of limitations on that, right, Vanessa? No. Okay, I think we're fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I have very fond memories of us going to the uh, dumpster over by the Big Five where we were supposed to, uh, you know, field destroy these things and put them in the dumpster and just throwing them against the wall of the Big Five trying to smash these things and taking, I, I think it was about six throws before the Game Boy Color finally smashed. Whoa. Yeah, that thing was nigh indestructible. It didn't work, otherwise I would have salvaged it myself, but I was like, okay, this this thing can go in the trash, I suppose. So we, yeah, so I think it was... Venice, I think it was Scott and I, actually, we were sitting there throwing that thing up against the wall, like seeing if the Game Boy Color or the uh, PSP would break first. And the PSP broke on the first throw. So oh, I'm sure it did. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fond memories with that shit. So anyway, I think uh, I think we should wrap up things here and plug stuff. So, Alex, you have a podcast and do streaming and stuff. Why don't you, uh, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you plug that stuff away there for, for our listeners? I do. Well, hi. I, um, my pal Ray Barnholt and I do a show called No More Whoppers. We're, we've been doing it for ten and a half years, and we've been friends for twice that. We we keep it going for love of the game. I don't know what the game is, but we uh, we have a fun show where I talk about life in Japan, and he talks about whatever he does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not reductive um, at all, but okay. Yeah, uh, it's funny. You find that at nomorewhoppers.tumblr.com or on Twitter at nomorewhoppers. I'm on Twitter at Patui. That's P-I-T-O-H-U-I. You Patohi. can find all my disparate. Huh? Patohi. Sorry. Yes. Well, that, you said however you want, man. <laughs> I'm just pulling up. I'm just, I'm just pulling up your drops there. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, you can find all of my disparate shit at patui.org. Uh, there's a link to my Twitch, twitch.tv slash patui. I also run a retro video game bar here in Nagoya, Japan called Critical Hit. Right off the belt line. Come on down. Have a beer. Play Lost Odyssey. It's up to you. Um, he doesn't give I a shit. Think... Do whatever you want. Yes, take bring take as many Game Cubes and DSs as you want in here. Um, although I am on limited hours right now because we're still kind of in a state of emergency. Uh, that sh- we're going to see if that changes in the future. But uh, yes, uh, that's all my stuff. I'm Patui. Thank you for having me. Uh, please continue. Okay. <laughs> 
Thank you, Alex. I appreciate the permission. <laughs> uh, all right. So as for us, you can go to patreon.com slash games and junk. And over there, you can kick in $3 and you will get bonus segments on this show. You will get bonus episodes of Rock Out With Your Card Out, my video game music podcast. And you will get all of the podcasts we do in a handy catch-all feed that are that's also at a higher quality audio rate. For $5 a month, you also get all that stuff I just mentioned, as well as a shout out on the show. So got a shout out to my two co-hosts here that do that because I guess I do all the editing work. So they feel bad for me that I have to sit there and listen to us multiple times while I pile these things together. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Me, not as sorry as I am. Anyway, <laughs> also have to shout out to Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, Eric, and Nathan Cooper for doing that and uh, helping us justify this to our loved ones who are befuddled as to why we continue to do this to ourselves. Every day. Every fucking day. <laughs> and, of course, uh, in the show notes, you can get the plugs for, for us on social media, and you can also uh, get the Patreon link over there, too. So, if you you know, uh, patreon.com slash games and junk is a little awkward. Uh, I understand that. So you can just go and click in the show notes and right there. And I'll have all of Alex's stuff up plugged in there, too, as well. So if you can go check out his delightful podcast, No More Whoppers, which I've been a longtime listener of, which I, I'm admittedly a couple months behind just because of uh, <gasps> I haven't been working. <gasps> Uh, yeah, so my, my place to listen to podcasts has uh, gone down substantially, so it's like, oh, I'm running behind. But, you know, they're still piling up in the queue. I'll catch up one day, Alex. Yeah, yeah. we're waiting for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sound so excited. Uh. <laughs> anyway, that'll wrap up this episode. So until next time, trust the fungus. And uh, hold on, John, I'm going to I'm gonna take your one on this one, too. Uh, Sugiyama, burn in midi hell. Suckers!